Welcome to episode 32 of the Current Backloggers. The date is September 17th. I'm your host, KCP, and it's just me today. This, uh, I guess I'll start up front, because I know we've been putting out for quite some time about our hidden gems slash underrated, underreviewed list that we're going to do. So that will definitely be next week. I just don't want to do it without Cody. And I know we talked this week about covering Ubisoft's press conference that we watched, which will, uh, by the time we do the next episode, be, I think, two weeks behind. But I think we'll still cover that to give us something to talk about because there hasn't been a whole lot of news lately. Which goes into my next thing. That This probably be another shorter episode because there wasn't a whole lot this week. But we'll just get into it. So what I've been up to is not a whole lot. I talked last week about I had two weeks off from work, so, but it's, uh, for the reason I said last week, so it's not like I just have two weeks to do whatever, so it's kind of been a lot of hanging out with, uh, Danielle, my girlfriend, <coughs> since we lived together, playing games, trying to get some stuff cleaned up, streaming a good amount, or more than I do at least, so, um, if you haven't watched any of my streams, there's no real set schedule yet. But uh been trying to haven't actually gotten back to Alien in a while, but I need to do that before I forget it because I feel like it's one of those games that if I don't play for a while, I'm not gonna remember where I'm at and I'm not gonna be able to remember what to do and everything. And then we did a couple of streams for uh different conferences and whatnot. So yeah, if you haven't watched any of the streams, I've been doing them randomly and if it keeps up try and get more of a set schedule for it and besides that not a whole lot else so that can take us into corrections questions and feedback which if you have any you can send to currentbacklogs at gmail.com because again this week we don't have any so like I said if you have anything you want to ask any feedback you want to give any ridiculous questions just to Get us talking. I know Cody feels the same as I do. Just knowing anybody let's do it, even if it's our friends or people we know, we appreciate it. But it's even better when people have questions or even give feedback or whatever. So anytime you want to send any correction any corrections, questions, or feedback, you can send to currentbackwars at gmail.com. And then that'll take us into the news. There's not a ton this week, like I said, but we do have a little bit, not many real articles this time, kind of just like headlines for most of them, but we won't be talking, or I won't be talking about the uh, PlayStation press conference, because we streamed it live, so that's definitely the biggest news of the week, and there's a lot in there, but we live streamed it and then uploaded it on YouTube, on our channel, so the first time we did a live react, so if you're curious about that press conference, or you just like us enough to uh, sit through it, then you can do that. And uh, we sat on there quite a while after and just did some nonsense. So if you like our nonsense on here, even more reason to watch it, even if you don't care about PlayStation or the news. But I do think it's worth watching, not even because I want to use or anything, even if you're just going to watch PlayStation stream of it, because I think that was easily one of the uh, best press conferences of the year, which that's not saying a whole lot, because if you watch these, you know I've been pretty critical of them but I think in saying that it was definitely one of the best but I did want to cover one thing from that because it came after the press conference and this is from Kotaku which is one of the bigger video game websites if you don't follow and their headline is that transphobic creator JK Rowling will not be involved in the Harry Potter game and that's their uh, real headline. Even though if you've followed any of that, she's not transphobic at all. She just has a different opinion than some people. And for some reason, she's canceled now. Um, the only real bit of news there, there is actual news, is that she's not involved in the game. But I don't think many people expected that she would be. So that's the only real news there. But more so on top of that, just because they use that as a real headline. Like it's just... Uh, matter of fact that she's transphobic not even that 
they think she is. It's just, just like that, that like, it's a fact that how she's not involved in the game, which is obviously true. But then they threw that in there. Like, that's just a, a given. And it's obviously true that she's transphobic, which, um, like I said, I'm probably going to talk more about this kind of stuff or like the social issues or controversial stuff on streams, which I still haven't done a whole lot, but I want to because things just keep getting crazier and crazier and I feel like everybody can say whatever they want, but I don't feel like I can and I want to be able to just like everybody else can. But I did say how I would talk about it if it made sense for the things we talk about, like video games, sports, movies, whatever we're talking about at the time. And this is obviously directly related to video games. But it's just so crazy that that's where we're at right now, that you can just post things like that and make it fact. And thousands, if not millions of people, depending on which site this is, just reads that. And, uh, oh, yeah, she's transphobic. Not even that's their opinion of her or that that's even really necessary in the slightest to a, a video game coming out anyways. But, um... Also, if you look into it, what she has said is so modest, even if you have those kind of views. But unless it says something true, like horrific, they're her opinions. I don't know why we keep doing this with things and why everything has to be an issue. And I feel like it's only a matter of time. Right now, Harry Potter is such a massive thing. It's like, oh, you don't like Harry Potter? And it's kind of weird if you don't. I feel like it's just a matter of time till. If you're a racist, sexist pig, but if you have a Harry Potter book sitting around, people are like, oh my god, do you still read or watch that? I feel like it's just bound to happen. And I feel like that's the main driving force, is that it's not just random crazy people talking on social media at this point, which is how it's been. They've been trying to cancel her. The first time I saw it, I thought it was a joke or clickbait, because she is so far on that side, and is about as liberal as you can get and has pushed all the kind of views, which um, I don't agree with all of them. But again, she can have whatever opinion she wants if there's not something that's truly horrible. And even then, she still can. But obviously, it's more reasonable to have issues with like real, real issues. Um, but it's just so crazy that somebody that should be so, so on that side and they should be defending and did for so long and had no issue with is now this crazy enemy to them and can do no right and it's just crazy I'd, like I said the first time I thought it was clickbait now I see it like literally every day they're trying to cancel her and it's just like I just don't get how it's come to that that even people that believe in what they do and has pushed for that and have fought for that and defended things like that are somehow wrong now. It's just crazy. I mean, I think the more that that becomes normalized and the more that major websites or outlets or media news, whatever, can just put out as fact, not even opinion, which I said, opinion is not really necessary when it comes to this game being out, but even then, it should be presented as an opinion that that's how you feel about her because it's not a matter of fact that she is that. So, hopefully things normalize, but I feel like it's just going to get worse from here. Then the next things were, it was uh, confirmed by Engadget that the DualSense, the new controller for PS5, will cost $70, which is no surprise, but... The console is, I think, reasonably priced for inflation, but I think it's still a hard sale because there's just, for both of them, not just PS5, not Xbox, not a fanboy thing, just the next generation right now, there's just, like, no real reason to do it unless you just want to keep up with the newest technology or... You want your current games to play at the top of the line, which it seems like that's the majority of what people want. Which I said that sucks for me and scares me because that just seems like more and more like PC. People aren't like, oh, what's the new launch game? That always used to be the question and debate. 
when a new, new generation came out, people were like, oh, what games do you want? Or why are you getting it for what games? Now it's just like, oh, yeah, I don't care what games are there. I can play my Destiny. I can play my Fortnite, whatever their current games are. Which that just sounds so much like a PC. You just get the newest graphic card, newest part, whatever, to play your current games. Which, it makes sense for PC, but the consoles were always supposed to be different than PC. So, I hope we don't keep going down that route. And then, I'm not going to go over every game, but Sony put out a list of games that will cost $70. Which, again, we knew would happen, but again, it seems harder and harder with it seeming like there's not much there. But one of them is um, Dark Souls, which I feel like just kind of drives that point home. That a game that originally came out, let's see, I know it's real old, well, relatively real old, not like it's some crazy old game. But a game that came out in 2011, and it's a remake or a remaster of it, and it does seem, I've never played this game, but you can right away tell the time and effort they put into this game. So I don't think it's just like a money grab. But I think it does just drive home the point that even though these prices are fair and with inflation makes sense, I know that everybody likes to ignore that and just look at the price and it's higher, so that's all that matters. But I feel like it does make the argument harder when this is what we're seeing at $70 and not the next Horizon, the next Halo, whatever it might be. I feel like it makes that sale a lot harder. And then, let's see. The next one we have is from CNN, and it's about the Nintendo 3DS being discontinued, which means Nintendo is no longer um, manufacturing any more 3DSs, which makes complete sense. Because the console's been out since what, like 2011? Let's see here. No, this is should have looked up and had ready. Yeah, 2011. So, totally makes sense, especially with how much games have changed and the fact that they supported it this long with the Switch out because it's kind of become their new handheld, anyways. But still sad at the same time because it does remind you where we're at with games at that time and. Just sad to think about, but uh, I'm sure it'll be. They probably still have millions of them already manufactured, I imagine. So I'm sure you'll still be able to find 3DS for a while if you want one. Then the next one we have is I probably should have led with this. This is the biggest news of the week. BTS is coming to Beat Saber. That probably is a. A big announcement for most people. I know they're a fucking massive group, but I care less about that. But I wanted to bring that up to talk about another update to Beat Saber. And that is that it is getting multiplayer on October 13th. Which, I think Beat Saber, for the prices, the value is already crazy and well worth it if you already have VR. But I always thought it was weird that it didn't have multiplayer. Local kind of made sense because you had to have two VRs and pretty hazardous but i do think it'd be awesome if you had all that to be able to do that like guitar hero hangouts but online i thought it was really weird to never have that so the fact that they're adding that is super exciting and um it's gonna be it doesn't say on here i bet that's a free update i imagine which is just makes it even better value I mean, I would even pay, <laughs> excuse me, I would even pay for that because like I said, it wasn't, even though I thought it was weird that it wasn't there and I thought I would like it, I was like, wow, they really ripped me off. I think the value is already good enough that if it's not a ridiculous price, I'd buy that, but I have a feeling that's going to be something they're going to add in for free. I was worried that it might not come to PSVR or come way later because PSVR always needs to be on the back burner for every VR thing. And it does say on here that, this is from their Twitter account, that they're doing everything they can to make it simultaneously across all VR platforms that Beat Saber is already out, out on. 
and make it out by October 13th for all of them. But there might be a delay with the PS4 version, but they want it as fast as they can. So it might be the last one, like I said, which is normal, but it doesn't sound like it's the last one. Like, who knows when we'll get it in months or years away. So it might just slightly be delayed, which I would think is perfectly fine. But I think that's all the news this week. So we can go to uh, media pickups, and I actually have one. I talked about it on the uh, PlayStation live stream if you watched it. But I pre-ordered Mario 3D All-Stars, and it's supposed to get here Saturday. I don't think I really talked too much about this when it was announced, because that was when Cody was doing a solo podcast about that, that Nintendo Direct. I want to kind of talk about that Direct in full, but it's kind of behind the times now. But I will say, if you haven't played these games, the value of this collection is crazy. I know people are complaining about being $60, but any of these games on their own at the time of coming out are worth $60, let alone getting all three of them. But I do think it's weird how much praise everybody's getting them and how I've seen so many people saying they're going to buy a Switch for it, which kind of just shocked me. Even some people I know personally were saying that, which is cool. I more gaming, especially people I know personally to have it and have systems I have, I'm all down for. This is just not a game of what I thought it because it's so weird because all three of these were all out on different systems that people could have played and either a lot of them didn't or they want to play them again. I wouldn't think that'd be a system seller if the Switch hasn't already gotten you. And I do think, like I said, the value is definitely worth it. Sorry, I keep messing with my hair because we're on uh, month four of no cutting hair and like i said only month four so if i stick to not what i promised because i said that i can't promise this but i was going to try to do 12 months without cutting it i don't know what the hell we're going to be i'm already starting to kind of look like a homeless man right now and we're only four months into it but um the value of it i think is amazing but i do think it's weird how little hate it's gotten especially with how hateful everybody can be now and how everybody likes to point out the worst things because it seems like they haven't done much work to it the uh mario 64 they said it's up res i literally couldn't tell the difference between the screenshots sunshine i think is a noticeable difference a lot of people i think most people make fun of that one the most out of the ones i saw but that one's the one i noticed the most difference on but even then the one i think is the most well done or looks the most remastered or whatever you want to say they said they didn't do anything to actually touch the game and i love sunshine and sunshine is one of those weird things that we talked about a few times with different things where i love sunshine when it came out but majority of people didn't majority of people said it was one of the worst mario games and now suddenly Everybody has changed course, even though there's not any new new version of uh, Sunshine out, and they all love Sunshine again. So I don't know how people really feel about it, but even with loving it, I always thought there was some um, issues with it, like the camera angles and weird things. So I thought that was something that would get fixed in a rematch, especially something like this at the 35th anniversary is why they're doing this. I feel like you want to bring modern Mario up to modern age as best you can i know you don't want 64 looking like the last of us or something but as far as still leaving it core what it does is best but fixing some of its flaws and then up best you can and then galaxy again i couldn't really tell a difference i know they are doing a bit of work with that just because you had the joy con i mean you had the uh nunchuck and the um wiimote jesus couldn't remember for a second. So they had to compensate to be able to do uh, Joy-Cons to match those. Which that was one of the games that used motion control right because it didn't go overboard with it. And it actually seemed natural and intuitive. And Galaxy might be the best Mario game. So that one alone, if you haven't played it, I think is worth the whole collection. And those two are just added bonuses. So like I said, it might sound negative. But that's because I love that so much and I am such a fan that 
I think I am more critical, and I think it's weird how people kind of just let themselves off of that one with how people hate on everything now. Then, what I've been playing this week is Halo Wars 2. I finished the Awakening the Nightmare DLC, which was fantastic. Um, I loved it. Gives me more excited for Infinite and more sad that it's delayed and that we don't know to win. And most people think spring of next year, I'm terrified and think it's going to be fall of next year, which means more, more than a year away from it, which is depressing if I'm right. But I had a lot of fun with it. I did have a few issues even with the base game. I meant to tell Cody when we talked about this game. Um, some weird bugs I had where I think the game's designed this way. I probably should have checked, but two times um, I had a server issue playing the campaign. I stayed connected to the internet. My phone was connected and everything, so I know my internet was still working. But there's a server issue, and it backed me out of the mission. So I don't know if they're using the servers to control the campaign or what that's, it, what that's about, because it was pretty frustrating playing the campaign and not playing online or anything. And I was like, wait, what the hell? I didn't do anything wrong. And I was like, did somebody die? What happened? And then so I was disconnected from the servers, and I was like, okay, but why did that mission have to end? And then... Should have wrote down more notes. I know I had a couple of bugs that the game kind of just glitching out. And it's just weird that it's not as polished as it should be. But it's also, I feel like designing a game like that where there's so many moving pieces and large armies and everything, I feel like is kind of prone to more bugs and issues like that. I do think the server one, I don't think that there's any excuse for that. And I think that's just kind of weird. And then I've been playing some more MCC, playing some campaign with a couple of different people, playing some multi multiplayer with a couple of different people. Then I played some weird games this week. Um, played Left 4 Dead 2 because one of my friends had never played it. And shit, it's still fun. We need a Left 4 Dead 3. And then one of my other friends had never played Army of Two. And I don't think we'll ever get another one of those. But it would be cool if we did, or even another game that kind of stole the Army of Two play style. I know a lot of people do co-op, but theirs so theirs was so co-op centric, and did so many cool things that I still don't see in co-op games. A lot of it definitely doesn't hold up. It feels like a pretty generic, outdated shooter. Um, I always thought the story was over the top and so dumb. It was enjoyable, but kind of like a cheesy action movie. So that seems even more dated and ridiculous. The uh, shooting mechanics mechanics never seemed like the highest quality. So that seems worse. Um, the graphics were good at the time, but they don't really hold up. But like I said, a lot of the mechanics and the things that it did different are so cool and would be so cool to see in a modern take on that. Then me and Danielle built more Labo. We finished the piano and Labo just keeps blowing my mind. It's just so crazy, the stuff you can do. I can't imagine as a kid doing that. Um, still, all the stuff we built is kind of just more of a toy. That's why I think kids will lose their mind. I think the tech is cool. It's crazy that a piece of cardboard can do this and that putting little stickers in different spots makes the thing work properly is so crazy to me. But I've heard that's how Labo is. It kind of um, reminds me of a game, actually, or games in general, that... We got the variety pack and then the robot backpack. So the variety pack kind of reminds me of a like a demo collection where all of it seems kind of cool and to show off the tech, but not really like full games there. And the way it reminds me of games in general is that I feel like that's how games are. Like I said, that a demo disc, you know, oh, that's a cool idea, but there's not really much to it. So I'm excited when we get to something that's a full kit like the... Uh, robot backpack to feel like there's probably like more of an actual game game there and it makes me more excited since the uh, tech is so much more impressive than I thought and then the only other thing I've been playing this week is I got through a good amount more of The Last of Us Part 2 still haven't been able to finish it like I hoped but made a good amount of progress and still loving it 
And then what I've been watching is I watched Sleepless in Seattle for the first time with uh, Danielle for a date night. It's one of those movies that I feel like I've seen anyways because I've seen so many different parts of it and clips and everything, but I never actually sat down and watched it as far as I know. But uh, for our anniversary, I bought her this book that it's uh, date ideas, but it's kind of cool because you scratch it off and then it tells you what the date idea is. It gives you a little hint, like it tells you how much money you should expect to spend if you do it. If it's involving going out of towns, involving cooking, whatever. So you have a a broad idea of what it might be, but then you don't know exactly what it is. So this one was to build a blanket fort and um, Google top romantic movies. And then watch that and have s'mores while you do it. So we did that and it reminded me of being a kid building a a fort like that out blankets I used to do all the time and she's never done it which was nuts to me so it's kind of cool bonding with her doing that since she's never done it but uh that's something I guess I'll talk about maybe not weekly on here because it depends how much we do the dates but I'll keep you updated on the uh if there's ones that make sense for this if it's something to watch played or if it's something ridiculous or fun to share and then we watch more of the pizza show which I brought it quite a few times on here. Cody originally told me about it. Fantastic um, YouTube series about pizza. So if you're into that, or if you're into just food shows in general, or travel shows, I feel like kind of combines them, you should watch it. It's good stuff. I've been watching more of Fear the Walking Dead. I'm almost done with season two. I am still liking it. And the more I watch, the more I realize that they are doing a little bit of what I was hoping they did. I mean, I judged it a little too fast, but I think I also... Some of it was fair. Because uh, I'm noticing the world isn't completely falling apart. And that was my biggest hope with this show, is that The Walking Dead, the world's just already done for. And I thought the fear of The Walking Dead would be so cool to see how the world fell apart. And I do feel like I judge it too harshly, because... Right, so the world is definitely not at the point where it is in The Walking Dead. It's much more alive and it's falling apart. But I do feel like it's fair that it fell apart a little too fast still. And that I feel like they're not showing in a cool way and there could be so much more to it. But overall I am enjoying it, so not being trying too harsh on it. And then I watched uh, another cheesy romantic movie with Danielle, The Broken Heart Gallery. I thought it was okay. Um, I'm somebody that isn't a, you might have known listening to this with how I talk about Taylor Swift or a lot of different things. I'm not a generic dude bro. I do like games. I do like uh, sports, some things like that. But I'm not somebody that's like, oh shit, girls are in it. I can't like it. I can't listen to it. Whatever. There are plenty of romantic movies or girl movies that I love but I also think there is plenty that are just kind of like cheesy generic action movies I'm like oh yeah that was fine I think there's plenty of those with um, romantic movies and this is definitely one of those and it's also was very annoying I'm somebody that is pretty open to different opinions that's why it's so frustrating that I feel like I can't talk about things and why I want to because I hear so many others and I don't try and shut them down or unfollow them or unfriend them. But this movie is about as liberal as you can get and to the point where it didn't even make sense and you can tell it was just forced. Like they just throw Planned Parenthood in there or... They would, um, God, I'm blanking. There's uh, quite a few, though. I should have put them down. I talked to Danielle, so she could vouch for me, and she um, said even she noticed it. But um, there's just a lot of things like that that just don't fit, even fit in the movie naturally at all. Or like there's a talking about how when the world was great and there was a man that could comfort them, and there was a picture of Obama, and they held it up. I was like, this is so weird and so forced. 
and not natural at all. And I feel like movies should be escaped from all the nonsense. Everything has to be political and social now. Like I said, even reporting about a Harry Potter video game, which should be exciting. You have to throw in some about transphobia. Uh, what? What is this nonsense? I don't know why everything has to be like this. I think it's perfectly fine. And I even like it when movies are political or social. If it makes sense. If the movie's about those things. Or even if it's, if it's not about those things. If it fits it. Um, depends on pull me out. Like, wait a second. That was kind of weird. Why did you do that? I have no issue with it. But when they just kind of like throw those things in there. I feel like. Kind of like the transphobia thing that I feel like it's just to normalize it. Like if you just shove that down people's throats and that's what they see, then of course that's going to seem right to them. Any other viewpoint is going to seem kind of weird because they don't hear it from all the things they enjoy. And Hollywood, I feel like anybody that is fair could admit that Hollywood is very liberal leaning. I feel like is the the fairest way you could say that. Um, so that's another frustrating thing is that not even just that they don't do it in just political or social movies where it makes sense, but they throw it into random movies where it doesn't fit at all and seems very forced and kind of takes you out of the movie. But there's almost always one viewpoint. And it might seem like on here that I'm super against um, Democrats and being liberal. And I am on certain things, just like I am on the Republican side and conservatism. Um, or I guess just a liberalism with the other one. That would make more sense. Um, but that's the main reason I am, is because it seems like one side is so jam-packed that that's all you hear and that's all you hear people talk about and regurgitate and repeat and so I feel like in my mind I'm always trying to compensate to be like this is this is already so one-sided that even though I think I'm about as middle as you can get because I say I have voted all over the place I feel like there's ri absolute ridiculous things on all sides and that's part of why I talked about in one of my live streams why I'd like to try and look back at all the times I voted and seeing how I voted and see how divided it is because I think it would be but it would be interesting to see if I did lean one way or not and also it would be interesting to see if I would have changed any of my votes now I think there's a, also a weird thing happening where if you vote for somebody now and they turn out to not be who you thought or they turn out to be terrible or other people don't like them. They are terrible for being like, yeah, I still would have voted for them. Which I don't think that should be wrong if you still truly believe that person was a good candidate and you don't think you made a wrong decision. I don't feel like you should, you know, like, oh man, everybody doesn't like Donald Trump, so yeah, I didn't vote for him. And, but I think there's also weird things happening where If, like when I talk about how I don't vote for Donald Trump, and I was like, but if I did, I would definitely tell people that. People are like, oh yeah, because he's just so great, and you would still tell people that. You don't care what he's done wrong. I'm like, no, I would still tell him that because I voted for him, so I'm not ashamed that I did that. I would, like I said, I would change my mind if I voted for him, and I didn't like what he did. Just like I think... Other people should, but if you truly believe he did good, then I don't know why you would change that. And even if you don't think he's done good or whoever it is, I'm just using him as an example because this is something that I've experienced many times. But even if you don't think he's good, I don't think that you should lie and be like, oh, yeah, I didn't vote for him because he isn't good. I think, she's like, yeah, I didn't vote. I mean, I voted for him, but. And I still stand by that, but I wish I didn't, and this could have been better. I don't know why there's always these strong, weird stances on things like this. But that's why I'd like to do that, because I'd be curious for myself. And 
I do feel like that's why it might be hard to see that I am very in the middle and do think a lot of the stuff on all sides are ridiculous because I do feel like when I talk, I do probably sound way more conservative and against a lot of liberalism, but, uh, which I definitely am to some and, but I am to the other way too. So yeah, I guess either way it works, but I feel like it's for that, that kind of like when I hear, I do even with video games and stuff that I like when I'm just hearing something so negative all the time, I try and balance it out as long as I actually feel that way, obviously. And when I just hear something being so obviously one-sided politically, so that way to be normalized and in, in turn make other viewpoints wrong and not okay. I feel like I try and do myself to balance that out. And I'm not saying this to because I'm worried about that or because I feel like I need to defend that. Like Cody, he says all the time, oh, he's way more conservative and he voted for Donald Trump and that's perfectly fine. So I'm not like, oh boy, now I probably look like that. Because like I just said, if you really still believe in that or you would do that or even if you wouldn't if you did that and you're like yeah I voted for him I'm not gonna lie about that but I didn't like it or not what I thought it'd be then I don't see anything wrong with that so the same kind of thing like oh boy I need to separate myself now I just am talking through how I feel like how crazy this has gotten and then the only other thing I watched has been the NFL. I watched the uh, Broncos, unfortunately, lose to the Titans. The Broncos are my team, so that's the one I'll be talking about the most. But I think every, every week I'm sure we'll talk about the NFL or I'll talk about it on streams. Um, the Broncos should have beat the Titans, not the referees, fault or anything. There's a couple of bad calls, but nothing. Horrendous. Besides, I can't say it's bad calls, but it was frustrating to not see the uh, fumble or interception replays. But I can't say those are bad calls. I wish we would have seen them to know, because those were definitely game changers. They were a bad call, but we don't know if they were or not. But the Broncos should have won the game. They had plenty of chances. They had issues of their own. Um... I do think they still have a lot of potential. I do think some of the worries I have are already happening. The offensive line did not look good. The running game can barely get going with two very good running backs. Drew Locke almost every time he took the ball was just immediately running, which is even worse with the quarterback that has played now six games in the NFL and why I was so impressed and um, had so much more hope and potential in him than I was worried about when he got drafted is because I was like, if he could play behind that offensive line and everything is going on, I feel like that says something. But still, if the more you're in the league, especially the quarterback, the more defense they're going to figure out and know how you play. And then if you couple that with the horrendous offensive line, if they can't do something better than they did last week, there could be some big issues, especially. My other big concern was closer to the season when we figure out stuff like Von Miller, more than likely being out for the year. So our best players are already out. And then recently Cortland Sutton getting hurt and missing this last game and seems like probably this next game. So our best receiver and potentially seemed like could turn into, and still could, but one of the best receivers in the NFL. And then we had another linebacker, our other starting linebacker was out. Before this game started, there was three other more minor players out. And then in this game, you had Philip Lindsay, one of the running backs I mentioned, get hurt. You had uh, A.J. Bouye, their um, top cornerback they traded for this offseason, got hurt. And he's on injury reserve now, so he's out for an extended period of time. And then there's two other players that got hurt in this game. I can't remember. So, and they're the youngest team in the NFL as well. So all of that, I think, gives a lot of potential, but a lot of issues that could go real bad. 
But I still have hope, and I think there's real things to build off of, and I think even if it goes bad, it's going to be real good long-term, as long as Drew Locke can play the way he does, and as long as they have an offensive line that's not going to kill him. So we'll see how it goes. They play the Steelers this week. Fuck the Steelers, and hopefully the Broncos can win. Um, the Browns looked fucking horrendous week one. It was amazing. Worst team in the NFL. Um, I'm not going to go through every game. Just kind of run through stuff that I care about most or that is most interesting. I also got to... A lot of them I just see clips. That's why I don't want to look at. Top out a whole lot of it, but... I did watch all the Bengals and, um, oh my god, I watched the game, I can't remember who they're playing now, or who they were playing, let's see, I just typed in bags, that's how you spell Bengals, oh, the Chargers, yeah, fuck the Chargers, they lost, um, 16 to 13. The most Bengals way ever. The Browns started with the most Browns way ever by getting absolutely destroyed and being the worst team in the NFL. And then the Bengals looked decent most of the game. Joe Burrow is playing good. And then their kicker misses the uh, game-winning field goal. Or the game-tying field goal, I should say. And then gets hurt on top of it. The most Bengals thing ever. Um, the Broncos. Let me look. I didn't say that score. Lost 16 to 14, so by two to the Titans. Um, Joe Burrow, I think, has crazy potential. Um, I'm not somebody that overreacts to young quarterbacks. I feel like this happens every time. That's why even Drew Locke on my team, I think there's real reasons I've given why he could be very good. But still, he is young, and defense are going to figure out more. But Joe Burrow, I think is making throws that, like, an NFL veteran does. And he's made some real dumb decisions like a rookie does. So I think that it shows that he's not just getting, like, lucky and defense are going to figure him out. I think it shows that he has the skill to do it, and he is a rookie, so he's going to make some dumb decisions. And it's going to take a while to get to where he is, even if he does have these crazy games or games where people are, oh, he's the next whoever it is at the time, like they did with Baker Mayfield. Which they already played their week two game. And unfortunately the Browns beat the Bengals. Joe Burrow looked good again. I didn't get to watch this game, but I saw the stats. Um, unfortunately the Browns looked way better. And now everybody again. The Browns are going to do it. And then when they lose this coming week, everybody went the Browns are the worst. Then you get rid of Baker Mayfield, trade Odell, do all this, th do all this stuff. But um, we'll see what happens in week two. We got the first game, but we'll... See what happens after that. The uh, free games for this week. You got on Xbox One, the division, till September 30th. You have the Book of Unwritten Rules 2 till October 15th. On Xbox 360, you got Armed and Dangerous till September 30th. And on PlayStation Plus, you have PUBG and Street Fighter V till October 5th. And then, no fake outrage this week. Um, I will toss some about something random here. The Big Ten is back. The Buckeyes are back. October 24th, the first game for the Buckeyes. I can't wait. This could have finally been Michigan's year and not lose to Ohio State, but that's not going to happen now. They're still going to lose. And everybody in Michigan could have had the excuse, and, yeah, this would have been our year because every year this is going to be their year. And, they could have done it, but there's just no season, and now there is a season. So I'm sure this year probably because they lost one person to COVID or because they didn't have the right off season, even though every team doesn't, or whatever the dumb excuse will be when the Buckeyes and never would kill them again. So that's exciting stuff. We're going to get the uh, full schedule on Saturday, I think, at 10 a.m. So we'll see when Ohio State gets to beat Michigan. It's going to be at Eight-game season with a ninth-week championship week. We'll see what it all means when they sort it out on Saturday. But that is fantastic news. I did want to talk about it because we talked about the Big Ten multiple times. Um, and I guess I should say before I read this ridiculous thing is that 
it is, I think, perfectly reasonable and I think great news for the Big Ten to be playing. I feel like everybody could use a bit of a distraction. We could all use a bit of normalcy. And I think it's beyond hypocritical to let 40,000 students come back to campus, but say 100 people can't be on a field, especially when they're not letting fans in. So you have 100 people on a field, but you can have 40,000 people at campus. Or all these people that are the people complaining that, yeah, but it's different because they hate football, but they don't want to say that. And because football is not important, school is, and all these things, is that they just, pardon the pun, but uh, move the goalpost with everything. Uh, yeah, no, restaurants are disgusting, gyms are disgusting. As soon as they open, they can't wait to get back, and they're doing it. And now that that's normal, they don't have an issue with it. But since football isn't normal, then it's an issue right now, and it's disgusting, and it's just not necessary. Which is quite funny because I remember before all this started, the main issue with college football is that these, these kids, they're always kids when they want to present it for their side. They just don't get enough and they don't get any chance, you know, to get a free ride to school if they're on a team and get scholarships and all those things that feel a dream to have, especially a lot of these people that have struggles in their lives and couldn't pay for school. But then when this thing that gets them that and provide that is taken away, they're like, oh, it's just football. Who cares? We need to look out for the kids. We need to look out for the kids. It could get hurt. But, um, yeah, it's just fucking nonsense. And uh, I think we could all use more normalcy and some distraction. And things that seem very well controlled, especially when you're talking about a hundred people that have no fans around them, a hundred people that are in probably the top one percent of health and fitness, which I know that that doesn't just take away from a disease, but everybody talks about how that's the main issue. If you have pre-existing health issues, which majority of football players don't, and majority of them as fit and healthy as can be, that they don't seem like the real target. And then I know the argument would be, yeah, but they could take it to somebody else, which they could anyways, especially if their students have to go to school with around 40,000 people. But so could them not go playing football and instead going to restaurants or hanging out with people or going to parties or doing anything they could be doing. So it's kind of just picking and choosing. And since a lot of people don't like football and have tried to argue against it for a long time, then it's a, a real easy target. It becomes even more silly since Ohio State in particular is known for having one of the top medical programs in the entire world. And pretty much any team in the Big Ten is going to have a a decent program for being so high up so it just makes it even more ridiculous and the Big Ten is one of the richest and biggest conferences in all of football or in all of college athletics really and especially particularly Ohio State that they have more than enough money to provide testing and all the necessary requirements and you don't really even need to do much of the social distancing and all these things even though they will anyways because that's not going to be that hard to do with 100 people in a stadium that holds 110,000 but to show the other side of how ridiculous things can be so this guy David Hookstead I think is how you say his last name tweeted this out after it became official that the Big Ten was coming back I spent the, the past 188 days fighting to save Big Ten football. Today, we accomplished a mission. Much like the Osama Bin Laden raid, or D-Day, you never know when your number will be called to serve. All you hope for is to execute your job and the mission. We did just that. That's one of the most fucking ridiculous but hilarious things I've ever read. Because... That is not even close to being compared to the same thing. I do think, like I said, that people 
like to play both sides that football means nothing and then somehow means everything when they need it to. But I definitely do think it means a lot more than people say. I think it puts a lot of people in positions that they wouldn't be, takes people a lot of, out of a lot of bad situations it would be, provides millions of dollars for people, takes a lot of people's minds off of bad things. You go on and on. But compared to those things, it is fucking nuts and entertaining, but fucking nuts that a real human said that. Especially this guy is a reporter for Wisconsin football. So he probably had almost no say in it. I'm sure he was wanting them to play, so he probably posted things. He probably said stuff. But a reporter for Wisconsin football, and it's not because I hate Wisconsin, a reporter for Ohio State or whoever it is, is not the person that's making this happen. And even if he was the person that the top of the line that made it happen, compared to any of those things is still fucking laughable. But it makes it even funnier since he was a reporter and had probably almost no say in it. But if you look at his account, it seems like that's pretty much how he is with everything. kind of just seems like a hyperbolic troll. So I don't think it was this instance in general. That just seems to be who he is. But I think that takes us to the end of the show. Sorry if it was uh, too boring. I tried my best. But um, next week we'll be back to normal, me and Cody. We'll finally do the top 10 list we've been hyping. Maybe the Ubisoft and all the other normal stuff. And um, yeah, so if you have any corrections, questions, or feedback, as always, you can send to currentbackloggers at gmail.com. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Current Backlog. Thanks for watching.